Good morning, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get you excited about investing. Let's dive into it. All right, you scallywags, let's jump into the market news. But first, we're going to go over our term of the day, which is sell in May and go away. Um, And before I jump into that, even, I guess I'm taking a couple of steps backwards here. Uh, Guys, there's a lot going on in the world. There is a lot going on, let alone the investment world, but just the world. So if you get a chance today, do something nice for somebody else, whatever it is, whether it's sharing a smile with someone who you know is not going to smile back, or if it's helping someone that you know could use it. Um, Do it without expecting anything in return, and I promise you that's the best investment. You're investing in other people. Uh, Okay, dumb adage, dumb corniness is over. Let's jump into the term of the day, guys. Sell in May and go away. Let me read to you just the, I don't know, I guess you would say the Webster's definition, but it's actually Investopedia's here. Um, What is sell in May and go away? Sell in May and go away is a well-known financial world adage. It is based on the historical underperformance of some stocks in the summery six-month period commencing in May and ending in October, compared to the wintry six-month period from November to April. If an investor follows this strategy, they would divest their equity holdings in May, or at least the late spring, and invest again in November, or the mid-autumn. Okay, so let me just break down some key takeaways that they didn't really explain there. Um... From about 1950 to 2013, the Dow Jones Industrial Average posted lower returns. Okay, so from May to October, uh, that period of time, they had lower returns compared to the November to April period. And since 2013, statistics suggest that this seasonal pattern may not be the case anymore, but the idea is selling may going away is that people are, are off in the summer. They're going, doing their fun things, spending time with their family. They're not paying attention to the stock market. And so thus there's less money pumped into it and therefore it drives the price down. So, uh, I bring this up today. That's the today's term because all the markets are down. I mean, I haven't checked for like the last 45 minutes, but when I woke up this morning, they were all down and the futures were down. Pretty much everything was down. Is that because of what's going on in the world? Is that because of what's happening on the East Coast with the pipeline? You know, it's probably a combination of everything. And I know that's a cop-out answer, but I really think it is. I mean, we have inflation hiking extreme numbers right now. We have an extreme oil shortage, and we have people shooting missiles at each other in the Middle East right now. So there is a... And there are there are allies. So there is a lot going on. Um, and... I kind of wanted to, the today's topic is going to be how I handle, like how my, my market outlook is today with like my clients' assets and my own assets. But, you know, guys, this happens every, every year really, but it happens in smaller doses. But at least once a decade, there are things that happen like this. Um, inflation rumors, um, threats of crashes. And then there's also people who think, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to keep going. So there are, there are people yesterday, some, some market analysts that said the S and P is going to get to 4,500. Right. And then there are people screaming doomsday that the market's going to crash in my best advice is don't listen to any of them. Do your own research, make up your own, uh, point of view and stick with it. Have a game plan and believe in your game plan. If you, if you have a game plan and believe in it, you really can't lose. I mean, you can lose money if it's the wrong game plan, but if you just stick to your guns, um, time will tell. Like I said, most market crashes recover within 18 to 24 months. Not all of them, but most of them. And that's a comforting statistic, at least for me, is that I can say, okay, I, I mean, I deal with client money. 
I deal with other people's money. So my first priority is to make sure that their money is aligned with their goals, right? I don't want to lose anybody money, but I also don't want to get them 1% when they're really trying to get 12. So I'm just, I'm ranting here, but stick with a plan, use an advisor, use somebody or do your own research. It's up to you guys. Nobody cares more about your money than you and whoever manages your money should earn the right to be second. Let me say that again. Nobody cares more about your money than you. And if you work with an advisor, they should have to earn the right to be second. Okay, I'm going to get into the market news now because I'm getting in my feelings. We'll talk about my sentiment here in about five minutes. Uh, So what is happening? Global equity markets are in a steep sell-off as tech shares continue to fall out of favor with investors, blowing a mighty wind across all major indexes, which is what we just said. Uh, Taiwan and Japan's equity markets are each down 3% as investors bail out of electronics and semiconductor manufacturers. European markets are also down 2% or more, led by a decline in transportation and leisure stocks. Honestly, I don't even know what a leisure stock is. I don't know... Yeah, I'll have to Google that later. What is a leisure stock? Lazy boy? Um, sorry. <laughs> okay, let's get back to it. Um, U.S. futures are pointing to a steep drop at the open with the NASDAQ leading losers again, down 1.5 in pre-market activity after falling 2.5% yesterday. Oil and gas prices are retreating at the operators of the Colonial Pipeline, which is what we talked about yesterday, guys. The largest in the U.S. said that they will restore complete operations by this weekend following a cyber attack last Friday. Colonial Pipeline is manually restoring individual branches of the 5,500-mile pipeline, but that won't be enough to stop a temporary but major shortage of fuels, according to City Research. Guys, they're manually doing this. God bless them, man. Uh, that is, that's got to be immensely stressful. The southeast region of the U.S. is losing around 1.2 million barrels a day of gasoline supply, and North Carolina declared a state of emergency. Jeez. Prayers are with you, North Carolina. Inside the equity markets, a palpable chill can be felt across risky assets. The Nasdaq has fallen 5% in the past month, even as the Dow and the S&P 500 have made record highs. Those have highs. Those highs have been propelled by value and recovery stocks, but even those are starting to show signs of fatigue as investors appear to be losing their risk appetite. Gold and money market funds are starting to see inflows after months of outflows, but you can also see it in a recent spike in volatility, which tells us that option traders, options traders are since choppiness ahead. Okay. So, and just to break it down, options guys, those are people, those aren't actually uh, positions in the equity position. An option is a bet on whether it's going to go up or it's going to go down there. That's all it is. It's like a coupon to buy something at a different price. So if I want to buy Apple at $10 and it's really at five, or if I want to buy it at $10 and it's really at 15, I could buy an options contract, options contract that Um, over the next nine months maybe would have a price fluctuation. And at the end of that, I could choose to exercise that coupon. Options are very complicated, so I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but they're essentially a coupon to buy something at a different price than what they actually are. Okay. Um, Let's get into headlines really quickly. So where are we? Yeah, here we go. Uh, Today's headlines, the semiconductors and the American coalition and the American coalition, guys, that's a huge group of people. We're talking Google, Amazon, uh, Verizon, AT&T. I'm sure there's other people that are in it too. But uh, the semiconductors in the America Coalition, an alliance of U.S. technology manufacturers, is calling for $50 billion in funding for legislation aimed at boosting domestic output. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that this money would provide incentives for research into semiconductors. I don't know what, what they need the money from from the government for. I, I don't know. I can't, that, that'll be something I have to look into. Very, very curious that they want 50 billion too. It's a very specific amount. 
Uh, okay, this one's kind of fun. The Full Truck Alliance, a Chinese trucking startup that connects that connects truck drivers to people who want to ship items, could file publicly for a U.S. listing this week, which could value the company as much as $30 billion. The company known as Manbag, and you read that correctly, Manbag, one word, in Chinese, was formed after a merger between two truck service, pro, uh, two truck service platforms. I'm having a hard time reading this morning. Two truck service platforms, Unaman Man and Huchabang in 2017. So sorry uh, to all my Chinese American or Chinese listeners. I am not very good at pronouncing that, but it is Yunman Man and Huchbang in 2017. It makes money by charging membership fees to those wanting to ship goods and also takes a cut of transactions, much like Uber. Okay, so this is kind of cool because if you guys know anything about China, it is... Well, first off, it's massive, but also their cities are very, very compact. So this is kind of a interesting concept that you're just pooling people's interests together and you charge them a fee and then they get the shipping that they want. I can't see that there's this many people trying to ship things that you would essentially create your own your own Amazon, I guess. Um, but maybe there is. I mean, China is one of the most populated countries in the world, so... Um, Definitely a possibility. Kind of, kind of a cool idea. I, I like it. I like when people all get together and they create a company uh, with like-minded individuals. Okay, now this one is this one's going to be controversial. I, this is why I kind of like it here. Uh, Ford's new electric pickup truck will be named the F one hundred and fifty Lightning, according to a Ford document provided by a source to car, a source to car and driver. That must be a uh, a car magazine. Uh, it's name. It's a name that was first seen on the SVT F-150 Lightning street truck that was introduced before 1993. Introduced for 1993 on the ninth generation truck and then followed on the 10th generation. The electric Ford F-150 Lightning will go on sale in the middle of next year. The, the Ford F-150 has been the best-selling truck and vehicle in the U.S. for more than 50, 40 years. Okay, so why is that important and why do I like that? That's my favorite headline of the day. Uh Guys, the electric vehicle market is going to be booming. It's just, it's it's across the world. Across the world, it's going to be booming. So if you haven't looked into different companies that do electric vehicles, whether it be batteries, whether it be do, uh, do car part transportation, car part manufacturing, whatever it is, or, or the car company themselves, Ford, Tesla, Neo, whatever it is, you guys should be looking into it. That's a market um, that I think is going to expand whether we want it to or not. If governments are getting into it, it's going to expand whether retail investors like it or not. Now, I'm, I'm aware of the, um, of the typical clientele of Ford. All right. And I can tell you my expect or my assumption growing up in a town with many, many Fords, uh, I grew up in a town in Arizona, probably not going to be the biggest fan of an electric Ford. Uh, there's just something about the diesel and gasoline grittiness of it all that I think is it's going to be difficult uh, to get away from that to, I don't know, to sell the electric vehicle uh, to them. But I don't know. Maybe I'll get one. Maybe I won't. I know I'm definitely getting a Neo. So, uh, yeah, which we'll talk about at the last Friday of the month, by the way. If you guys haven't looked at Money in the Mirror, go check out that episode. This is going to be a great month for it. Okay, I got two minutes here to talk to you guys about sentiment in the market. Look, I have no idea, and I say this a lot, but if, if me as a professional, as, a, as an investing professional, or your mother, your grandma, Warren Buffett himself, if anybody tells you they know what the stock market's going to do, they're lying to you, uh, nobody knows. 
And the best thing that we can do and that I do is I get as many variables as possible in order and I create a plan out of it. And I try to match that plan with client goals. And so my client's goals right now are, for the most part, I mean, there's definitely a few one-offs, but they're all long-term. And so a bad May isn't going to make a difference for me. It's not going to tilt, it's not going to tilt the boat in one direction or the other. I'm going to stick the course, you know, assuming clients don't call, you know, worried about doomsday saying they need to take their money out. Um, you know, we're going to stick the course. I'm in this for the long term. I do think that this is probably just a dip. Um, that's hard to tell, but I can tell you this over the next 10 years, I'm pretty confident over the next 10 years. Uh, the next 10 months, different conversation, right? We have inflation. We have uh, wars happening in the Middle East with our allies. We have people hacking into our gas pipelines. Goodness. Um, all of that stuff's really, really scary, but it's nothing that hasn't happened before. I mean, if you look back in the last 50 years, a lot of this stuff is, it's just trending. It's just a part of being human on this earth. And so when we choose to associate uh, the fear right? The fear of what's happening out there with our goals, our personal goals. We sometimes forget uh, that they're not, over the long term, they're not associated at all. Maybe in the short term they are, but in the long term, they're really not. So yeah, with my client money and with with my own money, uh, I'm staying invested. I'm not selling anything, assuming no clients want to, you know, no client freaks out. Like we said, Um, that's the game plan. I'm going to stick the course and I still have, like I said, I have a positive five to 10 year outlook and that is what you should be investing for. If anybody's investing for less than one year, you are gambling. You are. It's just, it, I hate to say it that way, but you are. Um, so don't do that. Have a game plan. Stick to the game plan. Make your money over a lifetime. You'll be very, very happy you did. And so were your children. Uh, that's it for today, guys. We will talk again tomorrow. And uh, as always, invest early, invest often. Have a great day.